0: Welcome back to Quantum Leap. I'm Dr. Veronica Boaz and this is episode two and what we're going to explore today is playing it safe. Why is it that people are stuck in these situations, in abusive relationships, bad jobs, unhappy situations and just continue to stay there, stop moving altogether? Why do they want to play it safe? The answer is the quantum leap is a transformational change. It's a jump into the unknown with unknown risks. We wait to make this change because we're afraid. We want to play it safe. But I'm here to tell you that playing it safe can be the most dangerous gamble that you ever make in your life. Think about this reworked quote from the Lord of the Rings trilogy coined by R.N. Carlton. In his article, Fear of the Unknown. One fear to rule them, one fear to find them, one fear to bring them all and in the black box bind them. The major fear we have is that fear of the unknown, the fear of failure, that we won't survive this next step. It paralyzes us. It is the one fear that continues to bind us to the past. It's also the most dangerous because it stops us from taking action. It freezes us in time, no matter what our circumstances are. And that can be in an extremely abusive relationship, a job that's making you desperately unhappy, or a relationship that is destroying your spirit. That fear stops us from taking a gamble. But it's a gamble we have to take. Because it's a change that will allow us to survive, to thrive. Staying in the same place under these circumstances is not a gamble. It's a guarantee of catastrophe. So when we talk about people staying in abusive relationships, so many people say, well, why do they stay? If that was happening to me, I'd be gone. The next moment, I'd be out of there. That just isn't true. Playing it safe is what actually keeps people in those relationships because they're so afraid of the unknown. The early stages of abuse potential are not always that severe. Their abusers are masters of reducing their partner's options. The choice to stay is based on some very dangerous possibilities, repercussions for leaving. And those fears include... Possible financial repercussions, possible familial rejection or judgment, fear of what that abuser might do. They might kill me or threaten my parents or my family or hurt someone else. Fear of repercussions in general. Fear of the possibility that I have no place to go. These aren't imagined or frivolous fears. They're very real. It's particularly dangerous for anyone in an abusive relationship to attempt to leave. It has to be done very, very carefully with a great deal of preparation. But make no mistake, it's still a quantum leap, and very like the pole vault that I mentioned before, including preparation, planning, and amazing courage during that free fall. People in abusive relationships generally leave after a history of abuse of one kind or another. And in fact, leaving an abusive relationship is the time when a person or his or her children are the most likely to be seriously harmed or murdered by their partner. Listen to these statistics. In 45% of the homicides in which a man killed a woman... An immediate precipitating factor of the fatal incident was the woman leaving or trying to end the relationship. And in spite of that daunting statistic, it still leaves 55% of women who do make the leap successfully in order to change the energy from victim to survivor to victor. And fundamentally, it takes courage and it takes work. Here's a couple of stories that demonstrate that point. Roya Atmar was doused in turpentine and and set on fire after years of continuous isolation and abuse. She said, I had no idea police would get involved and care or that anybody else would care. If I knew I had the option, I would have left a long time ago. That was one of the main reasons I didn't attempt leaving him. When I found out I could leave was after he tried to kill me and I was in the hospital. Knowing she had that support wasn't the quantum leap. The leap required her telling her story, filing charges, and taking steps to ensure her own and her family's safety. Faliana Lee spent 18 years in an abusive relationship before making the decision to take a leap of faith. We want to make amends for the relationship to move forward, but the fact is we are never moving forward. I don't know how many times I tried to change myself to make things work. I was in a loop, and it was never-ending, and eventually you lose a sense of your own identity. So when I left the relationship, I couldn't even cry. I found grieving very difficult. It took 18 years of suffering until being finally ready to take the leap. It was the realization that she was in a never-ending loop, that her life of pain would never end until she made a dramatic change. And as you can see, it wasn't easy when she, because she left pieces of herself behind and not only had to face doing the work of rebuilding her life, but also rebuilding her identity. And that's a true leap. What's common about these two stories? What's common is... The choice to make a fundamental change could only be made when the person reached a point of no return. The leap had to happen. Staying in the relationship, playing it safe, would have been disastrous. It's really important here, though, to appraise what does it take. Perhaps there is a way to evaluate these situations earlier Before 18 years goes by and you've spent half your life in an abusive relationship. The bottom line is, though, it may appear that you're playing it safe. But what you might be doing is gambling with your life. So let's talk about another way to play it safe. Playing it safe in your job, in your career. It may make sense to stay in a job that doesn't satisfy you for a while if it's a stepping stone to something else, if you see it as part of the progression in your career. But I can't tell you the number of times I've had conversations with young professionals who told me that they knew almost immediately that the job that they had taken was absolutely not what they wanted to do, and they stayed there for two, three, four, five years allowed themselves to become stagnant and allowed themselves to become afraid of making any change. They were playing it safe. I've also heard in my conversations that people missed opportunities because they were afraid they didn't really know how to do whatever they were asked to do, that they were afraid of taking a risk because they might fail. And that, in fact, is another source of stagnancy another way to inhibit growth. They say that they feel it's better to be good at what they're doing rather than to experience a period of time when circumstances are a little out of control and solutions aren't as obvious to them due to their own lack of experience. This period of learning, of failure and then learning, is so critical to growth. The answer is without that risk, without that failure, there absolutely is no growth. We learn as we grow from infants to adults. We learn through failure. Without that, you'd never learn to walk, you'd never learn to speak. So what has happened to that natural adventurousness and innate courage? How do we change from small children ready and able to take that first step with absolutely no expectation of failure and no fear? How is that confidence undermined and weakened as we grow older? Many of us are taught early on that failure is bad. It's important to be good at something as quickly as possible. Great parents are the counterbalances to this gradual societal erosion of confidence. Great parents espouse the attitude, never give up, keep on trying, and if at first you don't succeed, just keep on going, you're doing great. However, for some, following our first experimental steps, society surrounds us with cautionary flags. And often parents, out of an abundance of caution and their own fears, build this sense of foreboding, a sense that the unknown is something to be avoided at all costs. As we start school, we learn that failure can lead to other children's ridicule, that taking risks is dangerous. We're taught often and early about our deficits, about what we're missing, so that taking a risk, trying a new food, a new experience, a new activity, is surrounded by danger signs. In the book, Orbiting the Giant Hairball, Gordon McKenzie describes the experience of going to an elementary school and asking classes of young students, how many artists are there in the room? In the first grade, Every kid self-identified as an artist, enthusiastically, waving their hands in the air. In second grade, half the kids responded, but with a lot less energy. By third grade, at best, one-third of those kids raised their hands tentatively, without confidence. By the sixth grade, there may only be one or two artists in the room. School has taught those kids that claiming to be an artist is risky. It makes them vulnerable to comment, judgment, and possibly ridicule. And as we grow, the number of individuals who embrace personal risks become fewer and fewer. Given the systemic societal erosion of personal courage, is it any wonder that the majority of individuals look for what's safe, try and keep that safe middle ground, and when they find it, they hang on to it with everything they have, even though it could kill their spirits in the long run. It is that specter of the unknown, that big fear we've been taught to recognize and avoid at all costs, that possibility of failure that stops so many of us from taking action, from taking risks, from making career decisions that could make us happy, when the results are not particularly predictable. The great news is, that each and every one of us is just like that electron, capable of creating an energy shift, a change to a new orbit. We have everything we need to do it. We just have to find out what our gifts are, connect to them, and leverage them to make change. So let's take a look at how playing it safe can be dangerous. It is in fact dangerous for your health. Advances in brain imaging technology have enabled neuroscientists to prove that we are wired to overestimate the size of risks and underestimate our ability to handle them. Accordingly, our choices are driven by fear of what we don't want rather than a commitment to what we do. Given that we are wired to be frightened to overestimate what can happen to us if we make a change, we tend to stay with what we know. So what's the impact of that decision? Staying in a job you hate, in a relationship that depletes your spirit, in a situation that's abusive, has very serious impact on your overall health. First of all, chronic unhappiness causes stress. Imagine if you began every day by breathing in toxic fumes, eating poison, and then for good measure, bathing in contaminated water. What do you think the impact would be on your body? It would certainly be a slow descent into madness and death. And in fact, that's what stress does to your body. We need a certain amount of pressure to be creative and to perform, but stress is not pressure. It's what makes us crack over time. It manifests itself physically in weight gain, heart disease, higher blood pressure. And in your behavior, it's shown as irritability, fatigue, inertia. It can progress to poor impulse control, bad decision making, and substance abuse. Chronic unhappiness can also result in insomnia. There are many studies on the impact of chronic insomnia on the human body. Sleep is so important for our physical well-being, and sleep deprivation has been used as a method of torture to extract information. Chronic insomnia disrupts every critical autonomic process in the body. It can cause memory issues, trouble with focus, mood swings, risk for accidents, weakened immune system, high blood pressure, and diabetes risks, weight gain, poor decision-making, poor impulse control, irritability, and irrational behavior. The number one cause for insomnia is stress, including worry about work, school, health, finances, or family. So what we think of as playing it safe can be a losing gamble. Avoiding change and risk is one of the biggest and consistently losing gambles you can take with your life. What we perceive as safe may well be the most dangerous. Staying in the job that you hate, in a relationship that's failing or abusive, on a course that depletes your spirit, is not only dangerous, but guaranteed to end in some kind of catastrophe. We must face the reality that the future is unknown, that every moment of every day has risk attached to it. There's no such thing as a sure thing every effort you make to play it safe could be the road to disaster. The main thing we are choosing is whether to discover a new way of living. We choose to become the kind of person, without knowing what that will be like, that these experiences will make us into. That's a quote from a book called The Transformative Experience by L.A. Paul. And it discusses how hard it is to know What is going to happen when you make one of these transformational decisions? But what is important is that you sometimes can't afford not to make a transformational decision. Next time we're going to talk about how do you know it's time? What are the warning signs? I look forward to talking to you again. I've enjoyed our discussion. And in some of our next podcasts, there'll be some interviews with people who have actually taken these risks, either entrepreneurially, in a career, or in a relationship. I look forward to talking to you again. Until next time, this is Dr. Veronica Boaz and Quantum Leap.